everyone and welcome to Radically Normal. This is Michael and I'm here with Andre. And on today's episode, we introduce the ideas of theology. We talk about why theology is important, how knowing Jesus is theological, how, how Jesus himself cared a lot about theology, and why you should study theology, and as a result, how you should start doing that. We hope you enjoy the discussion. What's up, guys? This is Andre. And as you guys can probably tell, because, you know, usually that intro has about, like, you know, three points. This one had about nine. <laughs> Today's episode is probably Michael's favorite topic. It's pretty interesting, you know. Michael was, you know, telling me that, you know, if he could write a book, he'd write it about this. So we're really just going to dive into, you know, where to start with theology. Um, why it's important. Why it's important. And, you know, Michael has been, like, you know, diving into theology for the past couple of years. And, you know, he has a bunch of books, you know. We always laugh about whenever he lets me borrow Grudem, and uh, I read a little bit of systematic theology uh, for the for the podcast. But you know, for me, I've been getting into it a lot because of the podcast. But you know, it's going to be very interesting for us to you know talk about um, why theology is important to both of us and how we've been getting into it. And you know, Michael, tell us a little bit about like why you'd want to write a book about this. Yeah, so let's start. I'm actually going to start with a misconception. So the biggest misconception is that a theologian, so somebody who studies theology, a theologian is basically somebody who either just teaches the Bible like a pastor or it's somebody who works at a seminary, so they just read a bunch of theology books or anything like that. The problem with that is that everybody is a theologian because theology at its root just means words about God, and every pretty much everybody on this planet is pondering life's deepest questions. If you're, if you're a Christian, then... You are a theologian because you are believing and confessing uh, very controversial and uh, very distinct views about God, very distinct views about Jesus of Nazareth, very distinct views about um, salvation and the afterlife and creation. So everyone is a theologian. And just to follow off of that, if you're feeling like, okay, theologian feels a little technical outside the Bible, let's talk about disciples. Everyone is a disciple. So a disciple is simply like a servant or a follower of a master, somebody who's who's learning and trying to emulate. Everyone's being a, everyone's being discipled by something. If you're listening and you're not a Christian, you might be discipled by Richard Dawkins, an atheist, or you might be discipled if you just love if you're just a TVC connoisseur, you might just be being discipled or being taught by your TV even unknowingly, or we might be as Christians. But everyone's following someone or something. Everyone's being influenced and shaped by someone, something, or multiple people or things. So everyone's a disciple and everyone's a theologian. And the Bible is inherently theological. So this is why we need to transform our mindset from, I'm just not going to be a theologian, to, okay, I'm definitely a theologian. Now I just need to be a good one. Exactly. So back to the question. Why would you want to write a book about this? <laughs> okay, I'd want to write a book about this in the context of college students and high school students because I first started reading theological books and trying to understand the Bible in, in its uh, theological nature as a, as a senior in high school. And so you, you don't see a lot of this. You see people who... Um, talk a lot about, and this and this is good and it's right and it's rooted in 1 John, but you, you see a lot of people talking about God is love, or you see a lot of people talking about the hope in Christ, which are all awesome things and I'm adhering and I agree with all those confessions. But then you see people struggling in other areas of their life and like like you might think about, 
if we had a deeper theological core of who God is, how sanctification works, how salvation works, that can help with a lot of those problems. And the, and the second thing is that in Ephesians, Paul talks about in, in chapter four about how, uh, talks about how we're no longer to be children tossed to and fro and by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. We, there's so many, there's so many different, uh, theological controversies going on in the political sphere and the in the cultural sphere that that we want to be rooted in confessions about who our God is and what the word of God is saying and I think that theology like there's books and there's there's podcasts and all that stuff but at the end of the day it comes down to if we're a people of the book like I just passionately feel that we should act like a people of the book and we should know the Christian Bible we should know the Christian story and so that's why I'd write a book about it. Why I'd basically write a book on why students need theology, why it's essential to their worship, and why it's essential to their witness as we seek to make disciples of all nations. I think for me... Sorry for my sales pitch. No, you're good. You're good. I think for me, I think a lot of times people, or maybe not people, just maybe just myself, um, think that, you know, when you're getting into theology, you kind of just need to like jump like straight into the deep end and just like pull out like super long like thousand page books or just like be on some kind of like seminary track or something like that and i don't really think that's the case you know like i think for me it kind of like started off with just like you know dipping my toes into the water and kind of just like asking you like a specific question about you know sin or predestination or wisdom i know that was a big one that we had a bunch of discussions about of course and you know we start having those like smaller discussions with someone I think it, like that kind of just like goes hand in hand with like a bunch of like bigger things like community and you know um, communal worship like um, accountability those kind of things. You start like just like diving in a little bit into theology and about like what the word is saying. I think like later on we kind of like had a time where like we were like reading books of the Bible like independently from one another, but kind of just like reminding each other to do it and like that was a big help for me. And like now as we like started the podcast, where I'm like actually like like diving in deeper into like what God is actually saying through his word to Christians and like actually like reading a bunch of books of the Bible. I think like as you like just like moves like slowly through it, you like kind of get to the point or at least I do where now it's like way more exciting and way a lot easier to just talk about my faith to other people. And it's a lot easier to, you know, have discussions about it and understand like what I believe, um, what God's like trying to tell me through his word. Um, it just gives you like a lot more confidence about, you know, your faith and those kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. It gives you a lot more uh, faith and allows you to be rooted in what you're saying. So like everyone, nobody is like, even now, if you're like, if you listen to this episode and you're like, okay, I want to read this book about theology or I want to do this, or I want to like start having theological conversations with my friends. Like everybody's already started. Like to say Jesus is Lord and Messiah, you're making a theological statement that Jesus is the fulfillment of Israel's longing, that Jesus has an atoning death for sin, that he's reigning as God. And like you think about Jesus's, like him teaching the disciples how to pray, he's talking about the fatherhood of God, he's talking about the kingdom of God, he's talking about God's provision and providence and, and giving us our daily bread. So theology is rooting us in biblical truths about where we came from, where we are, and where we're going. And so we're part of this plan of redemption that the Bible teaches us about. And so all parts of the Bible are constantly discussing theology, whether it be Paul telling Titus to teach sound doctrine in Titus 2, or uh, Paul telling Timothy that sound doctrine is going to allow him to persevere and save his life in the faith. You think about Jesus's debates with the Pharisees on the nature of the law or 
the the apostles such such as uh, Paul debating the uh, how Gentiles relate to the law in Acts 15 at the Council of Jerusalem. So the whole Bible is God. Remember, the Bible isn't primarily about us; it's about God. So when when we're trying to turn our attention to God, it's inherent that we study theology, that we study the Bible, that we get to know God, and in doing that, we hopefully become a good theologian. You know, I'll just give like kind of like an example. Um, just when it comes to the podcast for like anyone who's been listening for a longer, longer period of time and like has heard a Nehemiah series and all, all those things. I think it's like super interesting. Like, for example, like, as you said, Jesus is Lord and Messiah. It's like a deeply theological statement, right? You know, just Jesus died for our sins, um, repentance, um, his resurrection, you know, that's kind of just like the, like the most like pivotal thing to know, to understand, to believe in, to be a Christian, right? But like as we like actually start diving into Mark, which is what we're going through this season, you know, understanding like some cultural elements of like actually now like having read through Nehemiah and like seeing like, oh, like chronologically, that was like the last thing that happened. And this is like they broke their covenant with God and like 400 years have passed and now it's broken and Jesus is like arriving on the scene to, you know, this empire being in, in, in power, which is different than the other one. And like culture, this is going on and those kinds of things. Like as you start diving into that, you understand like kind of like, Oh, like what's going on in the heads of the Pharisees? Why are they acting this way? Why are like the Jewish people acting this way? Like culturally, what's going on? How is Jesus like using parables to like actually get to the root of like their hearts and that kind of thing? And as you like start understanding, reading more, it becomes a lot easier to like really understand what the Bible is trying to tell you more so than just like knowing that like one base, just like one sentence, like explanation of a theological statement. Exactly. So Andre's talking about, uh, I really, I really like what you said there. He's talking about understanding the cultural context of the Persian Empire, and then in the intertestamental period, we had the Greeks, and then now the Romans uh, studying Gospel of Mark. What What's interesting there is that uh, I think that people think that, you know, it, it doesn't, like, all that cultural stuff is great, and maybe it would help, but at the end of the day, I just need me and my Bible. But he didn't learn all these things he's telling you about about the cultural context from reading the Bible. He picked them up also from commentaries or from podcasts or from preachers. And so you you remember what Paul says in Ephesians 4 as well, slightly before he says the, the part about uh, be, not being children, like I quoted earlier. He, he talks about how Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers for building up the body of Christ to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So... If we only feel that we need the Bible, and yes, we should center our lives on the Word of God, but if we only feel that we need that and we need nothing else, then we ignore the spiritual gifts God has given other people in the church, and we ignore the the resourcefulness of there being other people to help us. We, we, we acknowledge not only do we just need the Bible for life, but we also need other people. And so we utilize the spiritual gifts that God has provided in the church for the common good, so, like, a lot of people have a great gift of teaching. You, there's so much to learn from that. So, like, consulting, like, things like Andre's been talking about, commentaries and other things, those are great ways to utilize what God has given to the church. And we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as we as we keep talking. Yeah, just about, like, all the resources you can use and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's really interesting as, like, we talked about how you said, like, you know, everyone um, is a theologian or, you know, everyone is really partaking, like, this idea of, like, what's theology? Like, is your even if you're not a Christian, you still have a theology. It's just, a, a, it's just not a, like a Christian theology, right? Exactly. And it's just really interesting, like as Christians to like, t- like 
take all the resources we have or even just take a few of them or even just like read your Bible um, or like basically anything is like a step in the right direction, you know, like don't be scared of like having to, you know, cross reference a bunch of like John Piper with old, you know, whatever dead people have already like said or whatever (laughs) in terms of like just spending like three hours understanding like one verse which is definitely possible where you could do them. That's what people do in the right commentaries is like to spend hours and hours and hours diving into that. But, you know, even if you're just spending a couple minutes talking to someone else about it or looking through one commentary or listening to one podcast or something like that, you still like can pick up so much. You can learn so much just from sharing with other people who are Christians and are in the same walk and want other people to, you know, share and partake and, and learn together and, you know, take what God has and has written and wants to like show us and, you know, apply it to our lives. Yeah, exactly. And then I I think where people kind of get lost though, is then they feel that that's all sounds good and they would like to know their Bible more and that that's all good. And then, and then maybe that, that, that helps them understand the Bible and that helps their relationship with God. But so many people are wit are very evangelistic, very witness focused, which is so awesome. Like, like we're all trying to make disciples. We're all trying to, push forward the kingdom of God uh, against the powers of darkness. And then so we don't see how that helps our witness. But but good theology is so important for witness because we need to have the right understanding of who our God, of who our God is. You just think about, I'm not even going to say their names, but two major uh, news stations recently on, on one, you had, you had a, 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 a show host talking about how people don't inherit, inherent, inherit sin. Well, we talked about original sin, and we've talked about the Christian theology of that. And so, like when we see those ideas in the cultural sphere, we need to we need to be able to identify those. And then you have another one on the on a different end of the political spectrum talking about how Jesus Christ, when he was on Earth, even admittedly wasn't perfect. Jesus never said that, and that's not what the Bible teaches about Christ's ministry and what who Christ is now. So. Uh, it, it does help our witness and our understanding of the culture around us. And I think, I think it's another two things. One is that it shows that we, we do, we, we actually believe what we preach. We believe what we say. We believe this is the word of God. So we know it. If we actually believe that the creator God gave us a book, like then it, then it shows that we believe that because we care to know it and we care to know him. And then second, it allows us to uh, approach people with an understanding and allows them to approach us with us already having an understanding. We're never going to, nobody's ever going to know the answer to every question, but it helps when people can approach you and ask you deep theological questions. And it helps our witness if we're able to answer those questions and, and, uh, uh, point to the gospel of Jesus Christ while perhaps answering their their questions, whether they be philosophical or about you know Job chapter one or whatever they are. You know, I think basically to like summarize that, like the more you know, the more you can explain to others, and that just helps in so many different ways. One being, if someone doesn't know and they're genuinely curious or genuinely have a question, you you can point them in the right direction. And two, if someone's trying to like deceive you or confuse you, or you know, mixing up what what the Bible says or whatever, um, you you have confidence that you actually know it's what's correct and you're not being like deceived. But in addition to that, you know, one thing that I remember is from last season when we were talking, when we were uh, discussing about Genesis with Mr. Snyder, when he was saying like, you know, the idea, which is like also like a theological idea, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if God is so great, why is there so much like evil and why is there so much hurt in the world? And like, as you go through like Genesis one through three, he was like showing us, you know, he asked us the question to both of us, you know, he said, does God seem punitive here? 
And we both said, yeah, he, he doesn't seem punitive at all. If someone who hasn't read Genesis 1 through 3, you know, might still have more doubts compared to someone who has, especially like if you've read other parts of the Bible as well, like seeing like God's redemptive plan for us, you know, it kind of like changes your perspective. Whenever people ask you those questions, you can, you can, you can actually respond or you can have more confidence that, you know, I have, you know, faith in my God and I'm not going to be like, just like rocked in the wrong direction. Exactly. If the Bible is primarily about God, then the number one thing we get to learn about in the Bible is the character of God. And as a result of what the Bible is trying to do and what God is teaching us through the power of the spirit, how, how God's working in the world and uh, bringing all things back to him, reconciling all things in Jesus. But if it's about God, like Andre is saying, and we're learning about God's nature, then every passage is important, whether it be Genesis 1 through 3, or it be 2 Kings 10, or it be Jeremiah 32, or it be Malachi 2, or it be somewhere in the New Testament. All these passages are important because they're talking to us about God and they're rooting us in God's story. If we're playing, if if we are participating in Christ and we are uh, now in the church and part of the kingdom of God and its mission, then we want to be as rooted in that story as possible because just like everyone is a theologian, that everyone is rooted in stories. There, there's so many narratives and stories in our culture, and you can buy into them or you can't. But we want to be rooted into the ultimate story, which is what God is doing towards the reconciliation of all things. And now, you know, one of the things that Michael was like also super excited about was, you know, sharing some resources that he uses that like he's shown me um, that he thinks like, you know, would be like super useful for anyone who wants to like take a step uh, into, you know, uh, studying their Bible or, you know, just like taking a deeper look into theology. And, you know, we might even like post this somewhere eventually or something. It's like yeah, a pretty good go list. In the show notes probably. Yeah, this is, this is a pretty good compiled list that, you know, Mike came up with and that we can go through, you know kind of yeah. quickly but you know yeah so we'll go through i just want to say that like andre said a list that mike came up with i just want to say that th- these aren't like novel ideas that i'm coming up with like if we we're talking about church history i'm not the first one who said church history was important for theology uh so these are things that i've gathered from other people who have done great work by the power of the holy spirit so just diving into some good resources for theology so now we've kind of covered like who is theology about why should why is theology important? All that type of thing, all those types of things. Now we can talk about the how. So, the first thing is just the essentials: having a Bible, uh, having pens to write with, having something to write with, having something to tear the text apart, having something to journal with, all that good stuff, and having a quiet space, being alone, not being distracted, not being rushed, just sitting down with your Bible. And I think that. Even having a theology of the Bible is important, thinking about how it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, how it's inerrant, it's perfect, how it's clear, it speaks with, the Spirit speaks with clarity about it, even if it's not always easy to understand, and it's truthful, it reveals a true word about God and about people, and so we we can be intimidated or we can think that you know if if it's not like a miraculous bible reading then it wasn't a good one but we're we're investing time kind of like you're putting money in a bank and you accumulate interest every bible reading isn't supposed to be miraculous you're uh, you're you're going to accumulate interest and you're going to grow over the course of time yeah and you know like i think that 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 point you made about you know it not being miraculous like not like being like oh, wow, my life has changed forever because I read, you know, some random passage one morning, but more so like having like a plan, like, you know, I'm going to read this this day or, you know, I guess like a typical plan is like getting through the Bible in a year. I know you're trying to like listen to the Bible in a year, 
um, with like the audio book thing. Yeah, Dwell Bible app, super good. Yeah, but like I think just like having a plan and you know focusing on like understanding like what is like trying to be shown to me here is like more important than just like you know just flipping randomly and then hoping to like have your like life changed in one second. Yeah, so I've been reading the Gospel of John recently. And I've also been spending some time in uh, Genesis and Micah, but I've been reading John primarily and reading a, a hefty commentary along with it on the side. But I don't, like Andre said, it's not that one passage is miraculous. I don't finish this. In every passage, I'm blown away at Jesus. I'm praying to Jesus. I'm thinking about Jesus. But it's not that one passage is changing my life or changing everything. But when, but by the time I finish John, and it'll have been it'll be three to four months. I I only I spend like forty five minutes in you know, 10 verses. But by the time I'm finished with John, I will have been completely shaped and molded by the story of Jesus of Nazareth. But it's not that one day is completely life-changing. It's the cumulative effect of four months of study in, in the Gospel of John, which is, which is what's really important. And then so when we're thinking about understanding the Bible, this is key. The, there's so many people that know so much more than, than us, just, just literally anybody. There's always pretty much somebody who's going to know more. And there's always going to be somebody that God's gifted to explain a specific thing in a specific way, which is why commentaries can be super helpful. So so us talking through Nehemiah, now Mark, us thinking about Genesis, all these different things, they're such good commentaries to consult. And And I know Andre's found those helpful as well. I think the interesting thing about commentaries, which is something that you told me recently, maybe a couple months ago, is that, you know, I think my perception was like, oh, there's probably like one author or one group of authors or whatever that's like the best commentary that you should just like stick to that or or maybe it's like it's whatever but i think like that website that has like the top ones like it doesn't always have to be like the same author or the same like publisher or whatever yeah so so andre's referring to this is super good we'll definitely put this in the show notes uh rc sproul who who died in 2017 he has a ministries a ministry called Ligonier Ministries, and on their website they have a link where they they have a top five commentaries on each book of the Bible. Somebody that works for Ligonier Ministries wrote 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 those out, so they are according to his preferences, but still it's very very helpful. So for Ezekiel or Nehemiah or Genesis or Matthew or Revelation or whatever, you can read what his top five commentaries are and he'll he explains why he prefers each one and so that's super helpful because and like andre said it's not it's not the same author like different people specialize in first and second samuel than people who are specializing in matthew uh so so it's it's frequently you're getting stuff from different authors and then there's different there's different commentary series so like for nehemiah one of my favorites was the new international commentary on the old testament series but that that's not like the number one commentary series for the book of Genesis, for instance. So you're getting a, a diversity of theological thought in different authorship, like Andrew was saying. And it also kind of just depends what you're looking for. I think for me, I find the like systematic theology book to be like super interesting, where it's just like a specific topic or a specific book that's just like talked about versus like a commentary, which goes more like verse by verse. Okay, yeah. So we're gonna. So, sorry. So we're gonna talk a, a bit about that. About that now. So there's commentaries, which are literally just an exposition or an exegesis of the text. We're basically just walking through the the, the basically book of verse the Bible, by verse, verse by verse, yeah. or like you know five verses at a time. But it's literally just going through Mark, and it'll just go through that. And there's whole Bible commentaries or whole Old Testament commentaries. 
but book but commentaries per book of the Bible are the best. However, so we have the commentaries which are just for books of the Bible. But then we have like what Andre's talking about with Wayne Grudem, which is his new favorite systematic theologian, is is just is just a theology book. So that that's a book where systematic so just I didn't even plan on talking about this, but there's two main types of theological study that don't have to do with historical theology as much. One is systematic theology, which is what Andre's been reading a lot of, which is essentially you take one topic, whether that be angels or demons or uh, atonement or uh, new heaven and new earth or creation or God the Father, you know, one topic, and then you basically sum up all of what the Bible has to say about that one topic. So you're accumulating verses from Genesis to Revelation about that one topic. And so it's, it's super in-depth. Yes, yeah, so it's organizing based on topic. Then you have biblical theology, which isn't just theology that's biblical. It's how is God's unfolding plan of redemption seen as the story unfolds from Genesis to Revelation. So a lot of biblical theology scholars will write about a single motif or characteristic that you see unfold, the kingdom of God or the presence of God or salvation through judgment or, or any of those types of things. So there's different types of theology, and those are with books. So now that we're on books, I kind of wrote out a list of five books I might start with that I'll put in the show notes. It's not number one, but the Wayne Grudem Systematic Theology. And it's an introduction to biblical doctrine. It is pretty lengthy, but it's a good maybe 15 to 40 page introduction on a lot of different theological topics. And you don't have to read it all in one sitting, right? You could kind of just jump around a little bit yeah so i i kind of view commentaries or uh bigger theological textbooks so you take uh calvin's institutes for instance that i'm looking at right now on my thing or uh tom schreiner's the king and his beauty or bruce waltke's old testament theology there are times when i am just sitting reading through lengthy portions of it or and you can read it as a book but it can also just be a reference guide so if i'm just thinking through uh talking about you know, Genesis chapter two in a Bible study lesson, I might just be thinking, okay, what does Calvin have to say on Genesis chapter two and his institutes and just flip open to a page on that. So you can also use these bigger books as like, just like good reference tools. And then four other books I wrote down for this are not, are not bigger textbooks at all. So the, the, if you kind of asked around, like what's the number one book to get me more into like a theological mindset about God and what he's up to would be J.I. Packer's Knowing God. It's actually really sad. J.I. Packer just recently this year passed away, but the J Knowing God is just a phenomenal book. It goes through the different attributes of God. So it talks about God as a, a judge. It talks about God as a merciful God. It, it, it talks about God as an adopting father. It, it is just an amazing book. The next one is a little bit shorter. It's only about 130 pages is Michael Reeves delighting in the Trinity. And the subtitle is an introduction to the Christian faith because he's basically saying you delighting in the Trinity is the essence of what you're doing in the Christian faith and talks to you about how that plays out in your relationship with the father, the son, and the Holy spirit and how our faith hinges on the Trinity. And without that, we have nothing. That's a great book. Uh, even shorter than that, I think just a little over 100 pages is A.W. Tozer's The Knowledge of the Holy. So that also walks through the attributes of God like Packer, but it's slightly different. Uh, it talks about the self-sufficiency of God and, and a bunch of other things as well. But it, again, Tozer's just an amazing writer, and so that's a great work to start with. Uh, and then the last one, I, I do think church history is important, and we're going to talk about why in a sec. 
But uh, Athanasius has a book called On the Incarnation, which is only about 60 pages. So these are all like good introductory works, and Grudem's the, the hefty one. But Athanasius basically writes about um, the significance of, G- of God becoming flesh, how, how God the immortal put on the mortal, and why that's significant for us. And why that that why that's uh, how he sees that in the Bible and he Athanasius basically spent a lot of his time defending the deity of Christ the divinity of Jesus Christ and was around near the time at, of the Council at Nicaea when the Nicene Creed was produced so Athanasius does a lot of good work on the nature and person of Jesus Christ so those are five one thing that nobody thinks about that people probably think are boring is footnotes. Footnotes are essential to, to reading theology because what you'll see is one author that you might like might footnote somebody else. So like some people that I read might footnote Tozer's work on knowledge of the holy or Athanasius or something or Augustine or Calvin. So reading footnotes helps you to find other authors who think similarly or who are making an interesting point that you might want to go check out. So I think that's good as well. That's interesting. I never really thought about footnotes. Not going to lie, I don't really spend too much time with footnotes. Um, the, the worst is somebody who writes with endnotes. Footnotes are amazing. But I think uh, I think the interesting thing about books is obviously you can't read them all. Like you can't just like be like I'm gonna read all these in the next you know week or whatever. But you can start like like dabbling in, in different ones or you know trying something out. And it just kind of like gives you the opportunity to you know have more knowledge or more information to talk about with other people. I think one interesting interesting thing for me and something that I heard about a long time ago and, and now it's like kind of like starting to like actually become like true in my own life is I don't know who said this, but I'm pretty sure it was a pastor in some sermon uh, that I attended said basically like you're never too young or like too like, like too young as like, as like an ages or too young in your faith to um, go from like being the person who's like learning from someone else to like being the person who other people learn from. And so basically like, I guess in my own life, like the past like two years or whatever um, I've been like, absorbing a lot of like knowledge and wisdom from Michael from like, you know, reading my Bible commentaries, um, other pastors, podcasts or whatever. And like now, like I'm like trying to like make it a point to like share my, like what I've learned with like other people. And I think it's interesting because like you have to like kind of like put yourself in, into the position or into the situation where like people feel comfortable asking you, but like, like starting a lot of the conversations. And a lot of times like you have to have that like confidence and like not to like boast or anything, but you kind of like have to like spend a little bit of time like, um, investigating for yourself to where like you have like a little bit more of an understanding of like what you like what you know what you believe so that you can like bring it up because a lot of times if you don't really know or you don't really know how to like articulate it very well it'll be really difficult to like bring it up in conversation because you might be thinking like oh what if someone asked me a question I can't answer you know like well, what happens then and then you might have like fear or whatever and like as you like start reading more or investigating more or having more conversations with people about it you like have more confidence in like sharing your beliefs or talking to other people about it yeah for sure so just thinking about confidence i think one of the things that you have to remember just as you learn more and more is that you're always a student and that i think that i think this is true i forget who said this but the more you study theology the more you realize you don't know so oh for sure so like the more we spend studying and thinking about who God is, the more Romans 11 becomes true to us where Paul talks about the immeasurability and the infinite uh, nature of God. And so I think that as we study theology, there is a there is an aspect that's humbling us into just knowing 
who God is and how much greater he is than us and how great this uh, salvation at the cross was. And so that's only five books, but there's a couple things too. Like we're going to talk about a couple websites real quick and we're also going to, and I'm just going to say like, if there's pastors you trust theologically or like people you trust theologically, like they will have book recommendations or like they will read books if you're trusting people theologically. And so, but we don't, we don't ever want to be dependent on somebody else's theology besides God's theology. So that's why we do want to be good theologians on our own and why church history is important. Like the spirit, the Holy Spirit's work didn't just start at Pentecost in Acts chapter two, take a 2000 year break and then start up when we were born again. It's he's, the spirit's been working in 2000 years of the church. So there's such good voices to hear from that, that aren't here today, whether that be uh, Irenaeus, or that be Augustine, or Thomas Aquinas, or Martin Luther, or John Calvin, or Jonathan Edwards, and I know I'm just throwing out a lot of names, but there's so many, there's so many people who have been pivotal in the history of the church that we can learn from. And you know, for me, it's 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 really cool how you bring up, um, uh, you know, websites and podcasts and that kind of thing because I don't really think I've I've been really like a like a, a big like reader for the longest time, but I think I've like always been like a big like podcast guy or a big like article person where I, I, I love just like getting an article about like sports or politics or whatever and just reading a bunch of information really quickly because you know it goes by quicker it's probably like the equivalent of like eight to ten pages in a book or just podcasts where I can just like listen to it and I think that like a lot of times when you're like getting into like sermons or podcasts about you know a top it's like a lot easier I think or maybe less time consuming yeah or at least for me it's just more interesting for sure and so having those resources is like also like I think really valuable so like you know what are the websites and podcasts that you you would recommend yeah so my two of my my two by far favorite websites just to begin to think about theological issues and to just that i'm checking out daily or multiple times a day are the gospel coalition which is basically a coalition of churches or pastors who are uh in the reformed theological circle and they they post articles like about christian living about theology um about the Bible, they do book reviews, they do everything uh, that's, and it's super helpful theologically. So there's articles on election and predestination, there's articles on Samson and, and judges, there's articles about Jesus's baptism, there's articles about, uh, you know, Christians thinking through the political sphere, there's articles on, you know, anxiety and depression, there's articles on a lot of good stuff from a great theological standpoint. And then the second one is Desiring God. And John Piper is obviously a big name, and he has a great team that works beneath him as well at the Desiring God organization. So their website, whether it's Piper Teaching or the Ask Pastor John uh, audio or it's just some article, they have a lot of good resources. And then this is kind of a, a really far out there one, but there's a pastor named Gavin Ortland, and he's written a couple books about uh, theological triage and theological retrieval and things of that sort. But he has a, he has a blog that if you look up, I think it's gavinortland.com, but it could be something else. And the, the, he has some good resources on there. And then, uh, in terms of podcasts, I think this is Andre's favorite one just cause he's, he's a big podcaster. So my favorite podcast by far, hands down is knowing faith from the village church in, in our area here. And uh, Jen Wilkin, Kyle Worley, and JT English just have, an, have amazing theological conversations. They do something similar to us where they walk through a book of the Bible and they have theological con uh, conversations and guests on. And their, their podcast is just super helpful. They're very engaging. They're, they're very insightful. And I love listening to them. 
There's a podcast out of, uh, I think it's Western Seminary, but it's called Food Trucks in Babylon, and they they discuss theological uh, ideas as well, and I think that's from two seminary professors, and then the Russell Moore podcast. Russell Moore talks about, uh, he's teaching through Genesis right now, but he, he teaches the book of the Bible in the lens of the kingdom of God, and then he is also he also does a lot of interviews and he he talks about country music through the lens of religion and roots. So his podcast is really good as well. One thing I don't want to miss out on though, because we've been talking a lot about books and people in the church and podcasts and websites, is community. This is what this podcast is all about. This podcast is about Andre and I coming together to have fruitful conversations about God and His Word and what that what those implications are for us. So we want to remember the importance of community and just having conversations. Don't do theology alone. Learn with people, study with people, pass ideas by people. And it's okay to have a wrong idea, but we want to start to formulate those ideas. And it's good to do that in conversation. You know, for sure. Like a lot of times I'll, I'll come up with something or, or whatever. And then Mike's like, you know, you got to keep this part in mind too, or, or whatever. And it's good to have someone who's like checking you or whatever. So I think that's, that's definitely super valuable. Yeah, for sure. We almost can't stress that enough that there's so much good to theology, but the the church is a royal priesthood of believers, meaning we're all Christian theologians together, and we don't want to do this part of our worship alone. We want to do theology and community, whether that means doing it with a small group or with a friend or anything like that. And just as a result of theology— I think personally, I think it was John MacArthur who said the heart can go as high in worship as uh, you can go in theology or something similar. But as a result of just knowing deeper theology, I think we end up with a deeper, more joyful worship and enjoyment of God. I think we, uh, because we know God better, I think we end up with a deeper, more joyful obedience to God. And because it also has to do with what God's doing in the world, we understand people and we understand the world and we understand the powers of darkness better too. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I just, I just hope that, you know, everyone isn't like, you know, scared off, but like, oh, there's so many books or whatever I need to read, but that you kind of just like, you know, take, um, you know, just take like hope and, uh, you know, an understanding that, you know, everyone's growing at their own pace and like in their own way. And as long as like, you're trying to have good theology, it's better than like no theology whatsoever. And, you know, we're all trying to like learn together. And the important thing is to, you know, have conversations with people and, you know, obviously read your Bible and, you know, try to like take steps in that, find people who you admire or, you know, you trust and look to see what they're, what they're doing, what they're saying as well. Exactly. So don't be intimidated. Remember that our confidence before God, as Paul says in Ephesians three is through Christ that we come to God uh, in light of the cross. So we're not, we're not doing this to please God. We're resulting, we're doing this as a result that we've already pleased God because Christ has atoned for our sins on the cross. And so if you have never read through a book of the Bible, start with John, start with Matthew, start with Genesis, start with something and and read through it and consult people and consult something and learn. And if you've done that and you love the story of the Bible, but you haven't read anything, maybe pick up some commentaries or some books or podcasts. But, you know, I think the key thing is that we're taking steps in the right direction and that we're all students of the Bible and we're all seeking to learn. Everyone's a theologian. We just want to be a good one. Exactly. And, you know, I... I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and, you know, took something away from it, be that the resources or the encouragement or whatever. Exactly. Thanks for tuning into Radically Normal. And as a result of this, we hope you just dive into a deeper obedience, worship, and knowledge of God uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we'll talk to you guys on Monday.